With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to another episode of the Giant Take Podcast. This is a recap episode, Giants versus Lions, and it is a negative recap, and we're going to start this off right now and now. Um, If you're watching this on YouTube, if you're listening to this on your normal audio listening platform, audio streaming platform, whatever you want to call it, I am letting you know this now. So if you do not want to hear the negatives about this game, you can very much click off and find the Positive Giant podcast out there for you. Um, we are going to be going through a lot of negatives because that is what happened in this game. It was a ton of negatives, and there were some positives in there too, mainly on the offensive side of the ball, and we will definitely cover those. Um, but Alex, we are lucky enough with this team so far this year, we have not had to record many negative episodes. It has been this game. And it has been the Cowboys game. And the Seahawks one was pretty tough because that was also our episode number 200. And I know it sucked. But it was actually still like an all right, um, you know, recording. Uh, But this one and the Cowboys game are the two that stand out to me for the negative recordings we've had to, uh, you know, have done this year. And this one is definitely the worst loss of the Giants season so far to date. Uh, It was the worst amount of effort put in. Um, and at the worst amount of results possible on the offensive side, on the defensive side, on, on the special team side, uh, and on the injury side of things as well. As we, will, we will get to all of the injuries that occurred in this game for the New York Giants. It seems like every five minutes someone else was getting ruled out of this game. So uh, Alex and I were there. Uh, if you weren't checking our social media platforms, I had really the one clip of Daniel Jones getting his rushing touchdown in the first quarter. Besides that, there was nothing really else to put out because nothing really else positive happened in this game. Uh, but Alex, after seeing you only a few minutes ago, recording this at around five o'clock, um, how are you? Uh, how are you feeling right now? I mean, I've been better for sure. Um, you know, not not a great result whatsoever. Uh, especially disappointing considering we went to the game, and uh, you know, it's a tough loss, especially to a team that's been as poor uh, this season as the Lions have been, uh, and that makes it three straight wins for them, so congrats to them, but, uh, you know, it's it's disappointing, uh, especially when you kind of look at some of their, you know, at some of their team, when you think they're one of the worst defenses of the NFL, and, you know, Jared Goff, definitely not one of the top-tier quarterbacks in the NFL, not a ton of receiving options outside of Amon Ross St. Brown, you know, you'd kind of think, hey, maybe... You know, this could be a game that the Giants could win by a decent margin and they end up losing uh, by a decent margin. And that's really the toughest part about it. And uh, it was definitely difficult to watch it there in the stadium uh, where the crowd just kind of got silent in the second half. 
Um, and, and it was it was just a difficult watch. Three turnovers. I mean, that's the main killer here for the Giants. Uh, that's really what made uh, this game go down the drain so early. Um, you know, going into the fourth quarter it was pretty much over. You know, Daniel Jones, that first pick to Aiden Hutchinson, you know, he's got to do better there. Uh, and then obviously the second pick. Oh, I mean, he's just got to do better on both those picks. Um, it's not like any of them were not his fault. Uh, they were just the wrong reads uh, or in the case of the second one, the just wrong ball placement. Uh, and that was rather unfortunate. And then Hodgins, um, you know, with the fumble, which didn't really look like a fumble, but at that point in the game, it was already pretty much over. So it didn't really matter. Um, but yeah, I mean, difficult result for the Giants and uh, some really difficult injuries as well uh, with Wandale Robinson and Dory Jackson, just, you know, some really, really important players for the Giants who have gone down. Obviously, a lot of players who are still out, Evan Neal, uh, you know, first player that comes to mind, Xavier McKinney. So a lot of players missing, a lot of injuries, uh, and it's it's really difficult right now for this Giants team to stay healthy and to produce when you have so many guys coming in and out of the lineup. Yeah, Alex, you mentioned the Isaiah Hodgins injury. Er, injury. Um, you know, at this point, maybe, who knows, maybe he got injured too. But um, <laughs> at the Isaiah Hodgins fumble, honestly, I, yes, it was his fault, but I mean, the guy's a practice squad player that that's getting called up to play in the NFL. So on, I, I don't really fully blame him, and that's no knock on him. That's just like a true fact. I mean, he was a practice squad player for most of his career so far in the NFL. Um, but I do think that play kind of just summed up the game uh, as a whole, Alex, uh, and that's just how this goes. So yeah, we kind of both summed it up already, but. You know, going into this game, it was a two-win team versus a two-loss team, uh, and that two wins became three. Struggles across the board on all accounts when reporters and fans were kind of going into this game saying, because of the cold weather, uh, because of the windy conditions, you know, the Lions play in a dome. Jared Goff, the quarterback, he's not going to throw the ball a lot. He's not used to this cold weather. He's not used to this wind. Giants, they're used to this wind. The uh, Detroit Lions, they have a really poor defense. They're the second worst running defense in the NFL behind the Texans we played last week. The Giants are going to run all over them. Uh, you know, if they try to do the same thing, it's Jamal Williams versus the Giants defense instead of, you know, and then on the other side, it's Saquon Barkley versus the Lions defense. Like, obviously, you know it's going to come on top. It's Saquon, right? Wrong. Um, it went the exact opposite. It went the same way that both teams were heavily rushing the ball. Uh, but it went the opposite way of you were thinking where Jamal Williams had the upper hand while uh, Saquon Barkley was down in the dumps. Um, so it happened to be that here. I mean, I can go to this stat early. Um, it was Saquon Barkley with 22 yards on 15 carries while the Lions had a total of 160 yards rushing three touchdowns. Yes, a hat trick coming from Jamal Williams and DeAndre Swift put one on. Uh, or put one in the end zone late. So that was the deal um, there. Okay, I guess we can go to the positives now because we are on the site of offense, and the positives being that besides the two really bad, really, really bad uh, reads by Daniel Jones of zone coverage, especially the Aiden Hutchinson one, all he saw was an open Darius Slayton, so he just decided to throw the ball, not realizing that Hutchinson dropped back in zone coverage, so threw that pick to him. Uh, and then on the second interception as well, which I don't remember as clearly, but whatever it is, that's that's not what I'm going for. Besides the two interceptions that he threw, uh, Daniel Jones did have 341 yards passing. 
was 27 for 44, which is almost eight yards per throw, um, which is not bad for Jones. He also led the Giants rushing because Saquon wasn't doing anything. He had seven rushes for 50 yards, uh, which is about seven yards per carry, and he had that rushing touchdown early in the first quarter. Jones being uh, one of the reasons on his RPOs, keeping the Giants in the game for as, as long as he could. I think Alex... I know we took them out of the games with his interceptions. He also did his best to try and keep them in the games with those uh, the quick drives. I remember on the Matt Breida score, uh, a lot of credit goes to Daniel Jones for the throws that he put on a display uh, to score very quickly and give Giants fans like us a false sense of hope that maybe they could come back in this game, um, among other things. So again, it's the worst game of Daniel Jones's season to this point. I, I would still... Uh, to this point, you know, I think every year, every year, every week, we're having the Daniel Jones contract update uh, opinions. And to this point, I would still give Daniel Jones uh, another contract. Uh, this is one bad game out of the Giants are seven and three now, right? Out of 10 games. Uh, so this is, you know, not bad. And, and his bad game just came with a few mistakes. He fixes those. He doesn't force those two interceptions, Alex. We're talking about an almost or not almost, he had over 340 yards passing uh, and 50 yards rushing game for Jones. So this was a good game minus the interceptions. Um, and I know we, you talked about it before we recorded that Alex Wilson had that tweet and said, say I'm, say I'm lying, but Daniel Jones had a good game minus the interceptions. And that's basically just saying, well, if you look at Daniel Jones, he was bad, but then you take away the bad stuff, he was good. And yes, I'm kind of doing that BS sort of answer. You're completely right. Um, but i just like to say, give him some credit, because as much as he did throw the Giants out of this game, he also kept them in uh, with some of the playmaking he displayed, throwing and rushing the ball. Yeah, I mean, I'd agree in a sense, but like, you know, it's about the critical moments. And when Daniel Jones, you know, doesn't produce in those critical moments, that's the issue, right? That's uh, That's what makes or breaks... Uh, these QB contracts, whether you're getting a franchise tag, you know, two-year deal, one-year deal, or you're getting that six-year fully guaranteed, you know, $250 million or whatever it may be. And that, I think, is the main difference there. So is Daniel Jones, you know, he has so far the season shown up in those, you know, tiny moments. He's made the right decisions. Can he continue to do that uh, and kind of put this game behind him? That's going to be the real question with this quick turnaround, obviously, with the Thanksgiving game in Dallas. Um, I mean, overall, it was just such a big struggle for the Giants to run the ball. You already mentioned Saquon Barkley, 15 carries, 22 yards. But then, you know, the Detroit Lions ran all over us. They ran over 160 yards uh, on the Giants. They had four rushing touchdowns. I mean, it was just uh, it was just a pound game where they just pounded the ball against us and we couldn't seem to stop the run despite our two big guys in the middle with Leonard Williams and Dexter Lawrence. And, and, you know, it just was, it was embarrassing at times how they just couldn't stop the run. And then when you committed too many numbers to the run game, they would just hit us over the top. Uh, Dory Jackson out, the, you know, backup corners in, and it was a real struggle for us to keep up with Amon Ross, St. Brown, uh, and Jared Goff just kept making the right decision over and over again. Uh, And the big, I mean, in addition, it was just the decision-making uh, and, you know, three turnovers to zero turnovers. That was really the key to the game and that this Giants offense just really couldn't get going. Yeah. Um, you know, besides the Giants offense not really being able to get going, <clears throat> again, the other few positives that we had, uh, we had Wando Robinson 
having nine catches for 100 yards. Cracking 100 yards in this game was pretty big. Alex and I didn't even expect that. I mean, I remember we were sitting and you were reading the uh, receptions that was on like a separate jumbotron or the board on the across the field. And you were like, Wanda Robinson has 100 yards receiving. I was like, what? Really? You know, you didn't even really expect it. You just saw him make play after play. Uh, but I didn't just didn't think about it, I guess. Um, so that's 11 yards basically per catch. Darius Slayton also, again, playing up to his standards at this point that he has set uh, being now the Giants' number one, number two wide receiver because Kenny Galladay is basically just don't even think about Kenny Galladay at this point. Um, get Darius Slayton with five catches, 86 yards, about 17 yards per catch. Um, his longest catch of the day was 24 yards. Uh, the guy had 10 targets today. Wanda Robinson had 13 targets. Those are the two guys Daniel Jones is relying on at this point in the you know in the receiving um, set of things in the passing game is what I should say. That's the words I was going for. Those are the two guys that Daniel Jones is relying on in the passing game. And if Wanda Robinson is out for a few weeks and it's only Darius Slayton, it's just scary and it just keeps on getting thinner and thinner. I know we keep on talking about Alex, but the wide receiving room is just so so poor this year. Uh, Richie James. Came back, had three catches for 48 yards. I felt like we were missing him as a wide receiver for the past few weeks. Kenny Galladay did have two catches for 29 yards. And I remember the first one that he did, you know, Giants fans had a little ironic, uh, you know, moment where they stood up, they started clapping, uh, and the MetLife Stadium was erupting, you know, in jokes and humor. Uh, and that was, you know, early in the game when it was actually funny. Uh, and we, we can make a few jokes and laugh about it because, uh, you know, past that point, heading into the second half, there was nothing funny. Uh, happening besides the Giants offense which looked like a a joke honestly so there was that and I I think that is all I have for the positive so the positives being Daniel Jones having uh you know showing up uh when he could besides having the two interceptions that's what I have to say on him and then Wondell Robinson and Darius Slayton uh having pretty pretty freaking good uh games catching the ball uh you know on their stat lines uh, and with that being said, it's back to negatives now. And I think, Alex, it's time because this was a big part of the game and what, it was the injuries that the Giants sustained. So I can have you start out with those. Uh, and I'm sure it'll come back to me because there's just so much to talk about when it comes to the injuries that we'll be able to both share our thoughts uh, on these guys um, and and the, the deals there. Yeah, I mean, when you're looking, first of all, the big injury, Adoree Jackson, obviously on the punt return, we've been talking about this for weeks, so I'm not even going to harp into it and, you know, yell, you should have never, because you've heard me say it in the past few episodes, he should never be on the punt returns, he's your cornerback number one, he's probably the most important player on the Giants, you don't need to risk him like that, blah, 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 it already happened, whatever, it's over now, stupid decision, but there's nothing more to say, Um, and it looks like he's going to be out with a sprained MCL, excuse me, uh, for three to five weeks, after that punt return injury, just stupid, stupid coaching there, putting him back at the punt return. Um, and then some other injuries, Tyree Phillips went out with a neck injury, uh, Fabian Moreau with a rib injury, John Feliciano with a neck injury. What's with all these offensive linemen neck injuries? Very weird. Um, Wanda Robinson knee injury. Uh, he was helped into the locker room, unable to put pressure on his right leg. We'll see what that diagnosis is. Uh, and then Jason Pinnock was injured twice. The second injury was the one that kicked him out of the game uh, with a jaw injury. I'm interested to know how that happened. Uh, just It's crazy the types of injuries and the amount of injuries that these Giants players are getting. Uh, in response to these injuries, Dable said that he'll meet with the medical staff and get a better sense of what happened tomorrow. Uh, a lot of injury news to look out for 
uh, on your Monday morning after a devastating Giants loss. So that's, uh, you know, get excited for that, I guess. Um, Graham Gano missed two field goal or two uh, extra points today. Uh, that was bad. And, you know, I think just to sum it up, my whole sum up from the game is exactly what Brian Dable said. Nothing was good enough. Nothing was up to standard. And it was a disappointing, you know, disappointing team uh, effort and disappointing team performance and disappointing result. Alex, um, I even saw on Twitter that apparently from the videos that we've been seeing of the Wanda Robinson injury. Now, we haven't seen the videos because we were at the game. Oh, no, not the Twitter doctors. Yeah, the Twitter doctors are in full flight, Alex. Um, as they're saying from the videos on Twitter, it, it, it looks like a season-ending injury for Wondell Robinson. Now, again, I have no idea if this is true. Um, I don't want to feed into them, but I just... Twitter am, doctors. I am reporting what I am reading, and that is what I am reading, that from the video evidence uh, that was on the Fox broadcast and the replays, uh, it looks like a season-ending injury for Wandell Robinson. Now, honestly, what actually happened in reality of him not even being able to put pressure on that right leg kind of helps suggest that point, though. I mean, I know you you want to write them all off in the dust and say Twitter doctors are Twitter doctors and that's not real life. Well, from what happened with him getting help to the locker room, not even be able to put pressure on that leg, that can lead to suspicion of him being out for the rest of the season, and it, it could very well be true. But we'll have to see... Um, and then you might not be able to talk about it, but I'm definitely certainly going to talk about Brian Dable's response to the injury of Adoree Jackson. And when the reporters asked him, you know, about putting a starting cornerback there at your punt return spot because of the, con- you know, at the time Richie James got concussed against the Seahawks, he also fumbled twice. Um, so we didn't have him there. Although, he would still be a safer option, in my opinion, than Adore Jackson would be, whether he was two fumbles down or not, because he's a bench piece as a wide receiver. Anyway, they put in Adore Jackson, he gets injured. Brian Dable's response to that was, it's football. He did not recognize the mistake that he made. He did not address it. He did not apologize for it. And that is a mistake um, that I put on Brian Dable 100%. And I very much dislike that comment saying, it's football. Because, yes, injuries is a part of the game, um, but putting your cornerback, your number one cornerback in that situation to get injured is something you can very well avoid. And Brian Dable didn't avoid that, and he's paying the price for it now, as well as Giants fans, you know, so as well as Giants fans. That, that's my point that I'm trying to make here. Because of a, a response, um, you know, that, that he made, we as fans have to suffer and now have wide receivers for the next few weeks probably get wide open. Uh, and, you know, the Cowboys offense, Alex, I mean, we talked about it. We're going to get crushed by the Cowboys probably on Thanksgiving. And it's going to be a rough Thanksgiving for Giants fans. I mean, I don't want to be all doom and gloom now. I know we're 7-3. and three. It's a great record. It really is for the team we were expecting. But now you go to this Cowboys offense that don't have just one, two, maybe even three good wide receivers, you can say. And you're telling me we don't have a cornerback one, let alone our cornerback three. So it's like, you know, we're, we're, if we're missing Pinnock, if we're missing Jackson, um, then, you know, who are we putting out there? That's the question. Who are we putting out there? Who is going to be our defensive backs? It's, it can't be Fabian Moreau. He's got a Fab, you know, he's got a rib injury. He's our cornerback two, three. So we have to figure that out, and we have to figure out that shit quick because we have a game playing, you know, that we have to play on Thursday. And that's in, I don't know when you're listening or watching this, but we're recording this Sunday night. It'll come out for audio platforms on Monday. That's four days from then. <laughs> 
So they have to, the Giants have to figure it out fast. And yeah, my, my last thing kind of circling, I know we've talked, I've talked about it for a few minutes now, but my last thing is, is really just circling back to the point of, I blame, I blame Brian Dable for the Sidori Jackson injury. And I'm honestly disappointed in my head coach for not addressing the injury uh, as his own fault and not apologizing to you know the fans for getting this player injured really i mean i don't think he was ever going to apologize it's not like not apologize right, but it just annoys the shit out of me that he's like it's football like what yes i, I get your, i get your that player that's you annoying. put your player in this vulnerable position to injure himself when he's your starting quarterback and you're yeah, gonna i think he definitely now. could say like you know that was unfortunate and you know we're hoping the injury is not so bad or something like that like he could have at least said it that way i guess but you know i don't think you know, Brian Dable's not a media specialist, so, uh, you know, it's kind of known that he doesn't think about things that way. Yeah, I, I guess, but... I mean, besides that, there's not really much more to say. I mean, it was just a bad loss for this team. And Terrible loss. We didn't even mention God. the score, Alex. I think we completely over, like, 31-18. 31-18 Giants lost today. The score line was much better than the actual game, to be honest. 31 uh, points were put on by the Detroit Lions offense. I don't think that's even the bigger thing, though. The 31 points by the Detroit Lions offense, I mean, that's basically what they've been scoring most of the time. They're a high-scoring offense. But the fact that we that we can't, we only scored 18 points against their— and really only 12 points, right? Because that second touchdown was garbage time. 12 points against that Detroit. Like, it, it's just shameful, you know? Yeah, and um, so again, like I said earlier— uh, the Giants are going to go into a game on Thanksgiving. They have the second, I believe, the, the second game window, the, like the 4.30-something start uh, on Thanksgiving Day. Um, so we, I, I hope we enjoy our Thanksgiving. Um, you know, I, I, But obviously, a Giants loss will not help that at all. But the Giants are going to be playing the Dallas Cowboys on Thursday. Um, and it's exciting because the Giants really, I don't remember the last time they played on Thanksgiving. I'll tell you that much. I don't know if we were alive for the last time the Giants played on Thanksgiving. But they will. Uh, this year, and we're super excited for it. So what we're going to do, uh, our intended schedule for the next few episodes, obviously this recap, it's you know it's out when you're listening or watching. Our preview to the Giants versus Cowboys Thanksgiving Fest is going to be out, I believe, on Wednesday. We're going to try and hit for that on your audio platforms. And then the recap is going to be either you can watch it on YouTube or listen to it. We're hoping by Friday morning hoping because obviously we are celebrating with our families as I'm sure you are too uh, on Thanksgiving day. So we're going to have to figure out the recording schedule there. If it's not Friday morning, we hope at least sometime during the day on Friday. And in order to keep updated with when our you know recap episode comes out, just stay in tune to our social medias. That being the giant take pod on Instagram or on Twitter and TikTok, the giant take podcast podcast on um Instagram and Facebook. Sorry, I'm having trouble with the social medias today. Alex on Twitter at Norin23. I'm on Twitter at JoshLittle29. Feel free to subscribe to YouTube or any of the places you listen to the podcast. You can also rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And uh, yeah, we appreciate you. Whoever stuck around to this point, past 20 minutes and listened to this 20 minutes of us kind of rambling and kind of yelling uh, at the Giants team for their pathetic performance I have to say today um, we appreciate you you know you are true fans for sticking around and I hope that we covered you know the frustration that you held you know you held inside because I, I know 
listening to these episodes can be definitely challenging. Uh, and you're like, oh, please talk about this. Please talk about this. So I hope we covered everyone's frustration that they got out uh, and we were kind of able to get it out through their minds, if that makes any sense. Um, so I hope I hope everyone, you know, we're able to hear their frustrations through our voices. Uh, and again, thank you so much for sticking around. Uh, and we know these episodes are tough. They're they're tough. They're tough to record too. I'll tell you that much. Um, so yeah, Alex. Without further ado, I'll let you. I'll let you take the to the lead and finish this out. Yeah, I completely agree with everything you just said. I mean, it, it's definitely tough uh, for all sides, the, the um, listeners and us, obviously. But anyway, thank you very much for listening to today's episode, and we'll see you next time. Looking forward to the Giants' Thanksgiving matchup against the Cowboys. Peace. Welcome to the All 80s Movies Podcast. I'm Bill. And I'm Jason. And this is the podcast where we talk about the blockbusters, the flops, and everything in between from one of the freshest decades for movies, the 1980s. So whether you're a brain, a jock, a valley girl, or a Jedi, we've got some 80s classics for you. Do these movies stand the test of time? Are we discovering something new? Is there an 80s movie we're finally watching for the first time? Join us each week as we dive into the cinematic nostalgia that inspired and influenced a generation. From the hits to the cult classics, we'll discuss our earliest memories, favorite scenes, fun facts, and our not-so-favorite movie moments, too. It's the All 80s Movies Podcast, now available on all major streaming platforms. Please subscribe and happy listening.